Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Hey, Simon, how's it going? Simon, are you there? Is this a joke? What could he possibly be doing that's more important than recording this intro for you, dear listener? We're going to figure that out, but in the meantime, welcome to an all-new episode of For the Love of Sport. Welcome in, dear listener, and thank you for once again pressing play and letting our podcast episode enter your earwaves, join you on your morning commute, your afternoon drive home, whatever you happen to be doing. Thank you for pressing play. And it was no joke. Uh, my dear friend and co-host Simon is actually out. Uh, he and his wife welcomed in a new child to the world. Uh, they did that a couple weeks ago. So I don't know if any of you uh, perhaps caught on the last episode uh, it was just me talking to myself for our intro and outro. We uh, let you uh, in behind the curtain a little bit here, uh, see how the sausage is made, if you will. We do a lot of our interviews with our guests separate from when we record uh, the beginning and the end of each of the episodes. So I'm coming at you live here in real time, uh, and Simon is out enjoying everything that New Parenthood has to offer. Uh, I know he is getting plenty of sleep. I'm sure he has changed nearly no diapers, um, but super excited for him and his wife. Congrats to the two of them. Uh, the For the Love of Sport podcast misses you, but we are so happy for you. Happy to uh, uh, be able to make sure that you have the time that you guys need to spend with the new child. So uh, with that, uh, we are going to get into it. We've got a great guest today, Jeff Bell. He runs uh, summer camps and that have a real focus on multi-sports. So I know a lot of times we talk about the importance of having, you know, young kids not focus on one sport too early, high burnout, high rate of people stopping playing sports because of that. Um, and the camps that Jeff is running really speak to the multi-sport aspects, uh, provide an experience for kids to enjoy multiple sports. And we get all into that conversation. Um, but I do want to bring up, I was at dinner actually last night while I have the mic here to myself. Um, I was at dinner last night with some friends and we were kind of talking about the sports we played growing up. Um, so no, this is not just something I do for my job. I do enjoy talking about youth sports all the time. But the story, if I get back to it, is that <laughs> We were talking, um, a few of us played a lot of sports. Some of us only focused on one sport. And um, she said that, you know, her coach, they were, uh, she was a dancer and only wanted her to participate in dance. And so she, we were kind of joking and reflecting, oh, what could have been, right? Like, what could have been if I played other sports? And I think uh, the conversation that we get to have here with Jeff, it really centers around that and him, you know, creating a space and creating an experience that allows kids to really dive into all the different things, enjoy those um, and enjoy you know, just playing again, bringing that fun back into things. I'll get off my soapbox here. I will uh, send us over to our guest today. Today. 
Jeff Bell is a family man, entrepreneur, lifelong athlete. During the 1970s, Jeff spent seven summers at Camp Susquehannock as a camper. He participated in basketball, baseball, and track teams while growing up, and from there went on to play baseball at Texas Christian University, TCU, forward Texas Go Horn Frogs, before transferring and graduating in 1987 from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, Go Tar Heels. For the past 20 years, Jeff has been highly active in the area of extreme endurance sports, including mountain biking and adventure racing, and he continues to compete on a national level. His team reached the podium five consecutive years in the U.S. Adventure Racing National Championships and finished in first place four consecutive years in the 24 Hours of Alamuchi Mountain Bike Race. Jeff and his wife, Kim, live in Center Valley, Pennsylvania, and have been married since 1989. They have two daughters, Courtney and Lauren, and Jeff is the man to talk to if you want to talk about Camp Susquehannock, because this camp is truly unique. Welcome on the For the Love of Sport podcast, Jeff Bell. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Marie. Yeah, Welcome. Yeah. It must be a East Coast thing to have like the most challenging pronounced yeah. names of things. <laughs> like yes. listener, you try to you try to say Susquehannock? Susquehannock. I think I said it wrong. Susquehannock. Susquehannock. Right. There we go. Right. There you go. So, there you go. So, so you got just a couple of tries and bam. Thank bam, you for your patience it. there, Jeff. First try. Absolutely. So is, that, is, is that, where does that name come from? Let's just start so, there. So the, it, the camp, it's the Susquehanna camp yep. located in Susquehanna County. Got it. And, uh, and the, then there is a, a Native American Indian tribe up there called the Susquehanna Indians. Nice. And so the founder of our camp in 1905, named it after that group because of their bravery, their hardiness, yeah. their grittiness, their high character. He thought this was such a great way to represent and honor these the Native Americans. And it was a great model for, for young kids at, 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 a, at a small age to, to start going on in their life. So that was kind of the, how it all got going. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Jeff, before we hop into, you know, the camp itself, um, you know, that we got to connect on um, back at the Truce for Conference that we're obviously very excited to hop into. But before we do that, we always like to, you know, start with some very hard hitting questions. Uh, and first and foremost being, what was your youth sport experience? And if you could tell us about it was kind of fun as a kid, <laughs> if, you, if you just tell us about, you know, your experience uh, in youth sports um, as a kid and, and, and just, you know, maybe an important lesson that you took away. As a, uh, as a youth sport athlete, I mean, youth sports when I was growing up was, I mean, it was just, it was just everything, you know, and it started because every day you'd come home from school and my mother would, you know, kick you outside and say, get out, go play. <laughs> and so you'd go out in the neighborhood with, you know, 20 other kids and you'd get creative and you'd come up with sports and you'd play them. You'd yeah. play baseball, you'd play basketball, creative games of football, if you didn't have enough people to play. And you did all these inventive, creative pickup sports uh, at home. And you played all kinds of things because you had yeah. to come up with yourself. And so that, I think, was what really uh, set the stage, I think, for me in sports and my love of sports because I just had all these friends growing up who were kind of all the same mode and we just yeah. we just did it. And then that, you know, progressed into, you know, getting into Little League Baseball and the youth soccer leagues and in all the youth basketball leagues and yeah. so forth and so on. And getting into all that, and I just loved all that stuff. So, I, so sports for me was just such a, an integral part of my life as a, as a youth, and it, it kind of gave me my confidence and gave me my grounding 
Mm-hmm. And it just, you learn through sports about teamwork. You learn through sports at a young age about respect and accountability. You know, all these things that are so important. And you learn with the kids growing up in the neighborhood doing this, and you may, you, you're doing it yourself, that you made up your own rules for the game and you got creative <laughs> and you kind of enforced them to yourselves. So it taught you about cooperation. It taught you about creativity. It taught you all these things about respect for each other. And so yeah. I think that's, you know, yeah, youth sports was huge for me. And that was all part of it. And of course, and as you mentioned, when you so kindly introduced me, was I, you know, I spent, a, you know, a, a, through 71 through 79, I believe, at Susquehanna. That really shaped me that even further because of the multitude of sports that you are forced to play there. You don't get to pick. You do them. <laughs> yeah. And so that was as as a as a young boy, that was that was great. I loved it. Loved every inch of it. And that training and all that all that experience has lent itself into some success for yourself as, as far as you know adventure racing and the four consecutive years placing first with your team. That's I mean. The mountain bike that's race, some, yes. That's some that's some dynasty level stuff there for sure. Yeah. How did you get into that from maybe playing more tradition? We'll call them traditional sports into some yeah. of these more like adventurous outdoor type sports. What did that look or how did you transition over? Was it just a love of being outside and mountain biking and that kind of just happened when you met people or so I you know, I always played your traditional sports from yeah. But my parents, we were always in the mountains. They loved to ski. And so as a kid, nice. we were always out skiing. And so I, I loved the mountains. That was something really neat. And then one year, I don't, I forget the year, but this was probably in the, the late 80s, uh, early 90s. I don't exactly remember when. A buddy of mine and I went up to Mount Washington in New Hampshire. And we were mm-hmm. going to climb Mount Washington and ski down through Tuckerman's Ravine, which is mm-hmm. kind of the the almighty place uh, where skiing was founded in the, in the, in the United States. And so you go up, you hike and you mm-hmm. put your crampons on, you ski down the very yeah. shoe, blah, blah, blah. So as we're coming back down from our, our great trip, we stop into this place in Pinkham Notch where you get all the trail maps for Sacramento's Ravine. And they had this thing on a wall, a poster about an adventure race that was be, being held up at Mount Washington. And it included kayaking and, trail running and biking and this, it had skiing and it had all the no, things. It was a multi-sport thing. And my buddy and I looked at each other. We'd never done this. So it's fun. Let's sign up. I love that. <laughs> so we did. Jump right in. That's awesome. And I got hooked. I mean, I got hooked. And so that's what got me into it. And that led me into mountain biking and got me into more mountaineering and got me into all the things. And it got me addicted to endurance sport high you know endurance sports and all the neat things that come about with that and so that was that was really fun and then just because I got into endurance sports and I was mountain biking I knew a bunch of guys locally who were really into mountain biking and they had a team like Jeff we need we want you to race with us on our 24 hours of Alamuchi you in all right let's go and so So when we asked you to do the podcast it makes sense you're yeah I'll do it sounds good was that same attitude yeah. yeah, it's fun. I just imagine the adventures being assembled. There's an idea to bring together the unique and amazing people to go through yeah. this huge adventure race. That's awesome. I, I think something that you you touched on briefly with like your youth sport experience um, kind of taught you the those really important lessons in your formative years. You know, around confidence and um, and kind of just learning how to how to play and how to how to move. Uh, I, I want to read 
really quickly the mission of your camps sort of mm-hmm. as a, another question here. And, and if you can sort of reflect on what this means to you, how you guys came up with this or how the camp, you know, kind of came up with this itself and then, you know, why it's still your guys' North Star. But also because as I get gooseys just reading it, mm-hmm. uh, the Susquehannock camps encourage the moral, social, and physical development of campers, primarily through the medium of team and individual sports. The program is designed to engender self-reliance, self-confidence, and leadership ability. In athletic competition, at the dining table, and in camp life camper, or sorry, in athletic competition, at the dining table, and in cabin life campers are taught tolerance and respect for others and how to deal gracefully with conflict and a sense of fair play. Yeah, I mean, this has been been the focus of the camp since it was founded in 1905 by a gentleman by the name of Carl Schaefer. We call him, his nickname is King Schaefer. (laughs) And yeah, and so the camp... It's really, it's really unique in that you look at what that means and how sports is just this, this playing, this platform of, of, of a cocktail of all these great characteristics that can be developed in kids. And so yeah. when kids come to the camp, they experience all these things. They, through sports, they learn about the togetherness. They learn about, um, they learn about the sportsmanship and they learn in their cabins. They learn about sharing and they learn about respecting each other and they learn about living in a community and they learn about how to function as a team within a community Mm. and guess what sports teaches us how to function as a team and if you can take those principles and fundamentals and apply them to your life it it takes place in our our little small towns it can take place in our cities it can take place in our countries if we if if we all only let it but sports just allows this to happen and that's why sports is so great. So the kids come and they we family style at our meals. So all the kids get involved. Awesome. They help set the table. They help clean the table. They help serve the meals. You know, they get involved and are part of that. And they they have to say please. They have to say thank you. Yeah, they, yeah, good. You know, you, <laughs> yeah, they do. You got to keep you gotta keep your elbows off the table. You know, when you're sitting there, we talk awesome. to them about sitting straight up, and that this becomes it becomes fun for them. You know, in the cabin life, you know, after in the morning, after they have their breakfast, they got to go back and make their beds and they've got to, you know, sweep the floors and they've got to be responsible for their area and for each other. So all those are part of the cabin living, part of the dining hall experience. And then, of course, everything that goes with the sports. And that, you know, leads into as you as you look at what we say we provide and, and a synopsis of that is, you know, we provide this multi-sport athletic development and confidence-based learning for children because confidence is what it is what it's all about all that mission we talked about is all about developing confidence without confidence it's the big elixir it's the big medicine it's the big you know it's everything that that gives anyone in this life the ability to jump out there so we need to pour as much of this confidence on the kids as possible and in them and get them to develop it yeah that's great and i the thing i took away from it i feel like when i reflect on when i used to go i wasn't much of like a going to camp kid. I went, I think I went to one like sleepaway type camp where I got to stay overnight and do all those things. But I, from when I remember it, you know, when you're at camp and you're with like a bunch of your peers and you're having fun and you're kind of just, it's like a condensed version and it's kind of all you're living through. So it's such a great time to kind of do all those things that you were just talking about uh, because that's kind of all they're experiencing right there. And I remember leaving camp and just being so excited to go back and tell my friends about it and tell my parents and kind of do the stuff I learned. So I think a lot of times when we talk about youth sports, 
and, you know, growing up and all the great things it teaches us, sometimes we do forget about the idea of like camps and how those can complement your youth sports or your seasons or your games and practices. Mm -hmm. It's another way to teach all the things that we're trying to teach kids through the regular uh, routes of through season and practices and those types of Mm -hmm. things. So it was just interesting to hear, especially the how to deal gracefully with conflict and respect and fair play. That's the beauty of youth sport is we get this great opportunity to have a place where kids can fail and learn and where there shouldn't be a ton of huge consequence to that. Right. I mean, that's a, you know, a yeah. topic to, to talk through, but yeah. um, it's just cool that that's a part of the, the main mission. It is. And, you know, kids, you know, they come and they compete. We have different awards, but, you know, the highest award you can get at our camp, it's the, the be, end all be all is the sportsmanship award. And that's the big one. And so everything falls around sportsmanship. We spend every practice at every game at every activity we talk about sportsmanship. You know, we go so far and uh, the the individual who runs, we have a boys camp and a girls camp and the individual who runs the boys camp for me, Andrew Hano, I've seen him go so far in sitting down with the kids and telling them about why it's so important and how when you to thank someone and look them in the eye and how to shake someone's hand and say, thank you for the award and appreciate your competition. And so we get it gets into the fine details of that. And Jay Piercy runs our girls camp. Same thing. They do all these little things that add up to such big stuff. It's such like a a novel experience. Like every time I think about like the I I think I'm hoping you can hop into like sort of the structure of the camps itself and mm-hmm. what a camper sort of has from their own experience. But something that came to mind, you know, kind of when you were talking about just the I guess mantra, the motto, and the culture of the camp itself. There's a, there is such a thing as sort of like naive confidence, like confidence of just like that's based on nothing. I'm just I'm just going to jump into it, which can be kind of detrimental, can be mm-hmm. kind of harmful, really long term. And then there's experiential confidence, which is just I'm going to move forward because I I'm very confident in my abilities and what I can do. And how you train that up is by the multitude of things you have available at you uh, for you at this camp. Like you're going to play all these different sports and you're going to be a part, you're going to have so many experiences that are going to shape this. So it just shapes you and sets you up for just anything like moving forward, like whatever you're asked to do, you have that experience with confidence. Like I've been thrown into tennis and knew nothing about it. So I of course can do whatever you just asked me to do. So I wonder if you can talk to me about, um, or talk to us just about the camp itself and that structure from the viewpoint of a camper and what they can expect. Yeah, so here's what's here's what's interesting. So in most camps, you'll go to a camp and they'll put you in your bunk or your cabin with children of your own age, and you kind of stay with that group throughout yeah. your stay at camp. While the boys and girls are in their cabins with kids of the same age, they're not necessarily on the same sports team. We take the first day or so, we evaluate all the children based on their, their, their maturity level, their athleticism, and their experience within sports, right? Yeah. And then we put them on teams with kids of a similar skill set. So they're on this team. They practice with this team. They go to clinics with this team. And they compete with this team against other teams of kids of a similar skill set. Mm-hmm. And so we do that for a couple of reasons. But the big reason is, and let me just give you an example. So if you were to take a group, say, 11-year-old girls, right? And you just put them out there. Now you introduce these 10 different sports to them, plus all the other activities you do. You're going to have some girls who are just naturally more mature at that age. Okay? And things may come easy to them. In fact, it may come so easy that they get bored because they're waiting around for the girls who aren't as mature. Right. 
correspondingly, the girls who aren't as mature are going to be afraid to try new things because they're not going to want to embarrass themselves in front of peers. Mm. But when you take a group of girls of roughly the same maturity, athleticism, skill set, et cetera, now you introduce all these new activities for them. Now they're going to make mistakes, right? This is, this yeah. is inevitable. But now they make mistakes together. They make mistakes um, as a team. They laugh now as they're making <laughs> mistakes and soccer balls are hitting over the head. Things of this nature happen. You see this happening. And now all of a sudden they realize, oh my God, guess what? It's all right to make a mistake in life. It's not the end of the world. Everyone makes mistakes. And now they start to enjoy trying new things. And now here's when the confidence starts to grow yeah. inside of them and swell because now they're learning and they're getting it, as you said, on an experiential basis, not just some false pat on the back of you're doing yeah. great. No, this is yeah. real. This is real. You learned it. And I, I often say to parents, I said, listen, my goal for your child is that they arrive home and a teacher or a coach asks for a volunteer. I want your child to be the first one to raise their hand. And if we can do that, we've accomplished a lot. And so there is really what we're after. And I'll have some parents call and say, well, Jeff, you know, I want to send my child, but they're not, you know, they like sports, but you know, they're not really a super athlete. Mm. Um, and I, I tell them well, because of the way we put kids in teams, we've had kids come to our camps that go on to play at the collegiate level and at the professional level. And we've had kids come to our camps that bumble and stumble over themselves. <laughs> and to be honest with you, those kids have more fun than yeah. the ones I think who are the really, the really good athletes. There's this one little boy, and I'll tell you a quick story. There's one little boy who's been coming to camp for years. I said to him, I said, why do you keep coming back to camp? What's <laughs> why do you, what do you love about camp? And he said, Jeff. And he just said, all the kids call me, yeah. Jeff, I love sports. because I really love sports. He says, but when I go home, he says, I'm not good enough to be on any of the teams and club teams yeah. because I just, I just can't make it. I'm not good enough. But when I come to camp, he says, I get to play all of them. And he says, I love it. That's awesome. So <laughs> you don't, my message, I guess, to kids and parents out there, you don't have to be a super athlete to love sports, right? Yeah. True story. Don't buy that myth. Yeah. That's such a good story. Thank you for sharing that. First and foremost, that's such a cool story to, because I do often think like we get, we think the kids who love sports are the kids who are really good at sports and who excel and like want to compete. But at the end of the day, there's a, probably a larger number of kids who just love sports because they love to play and be with their friends mm -hmm. and get outside. And a lot of times that gets lost in the shuffle of all this competitive youth sports. Uh, when in reality, it's like, no kid, most kids, if you ask them, the reason why they love to play is just because they want to play. They just want to yeah. get outside. So they would have a game. Yeah. And, yeah. and we'll have kids. It's funny. I'll be out there other staff members at our camp will be watching the different games going on in the evening or in the afternoon and we'll be watching some of the for example the kids who aren't that athletic and they're playing and we've often said to ourselves look at the smile on their face faces and the laughter compared to the, the team across the field of these elite athletes who are having you know, I think they're having more fun so for sure you know it's pretty cool it's pretty cool to see yeah, yeah I do want to I do want to touch I think uh we kind of flirted around here and all the, the conversations about the sports, but one of the main pieces of the camp is that it is, it's meant to be multi-sport. It's meant to expose them to a ton of different things, activities. Uh, they campers might come in and say like, 
They love, I'm a soccer player. I'm a basketball player. And, or you might get parents who say, how will my kid, I really want him to, you know, keep moving forward in this sport. Do you maybe want to talk about kind of obviously the philosophy of wanting to expose them to a lot of sports, but also how that might help kids maybe keep their identity away from just saying, well, I'm a soccer player or I'm a this, or I'm a that, but Hey, maybe I just, I like playing sports. I like doing this. I like being outside. Yeah. I'm really good at a sport, but Maybe we just want to talk through a little bit of that and what the camp is kind of meant to do to help with that. So, yeah, I mean, I could talk on this topic. Yeah, yeah. we got time. It's, Go on. Because I'm so, I'm so, I'm so passionate when I believe <laughs> what we're doing with this is so true because these children come nowadays and there's so much pressure from their travel teams and their club teams and everything to, and they, these clubs are putting pressure on the kids to play a certain sport year round when they're 11, you know, or 10. Yeah. And, you know, and these kids don't experience, all these other sports so they don't even know if that's their passion they're missing out on trying all these other sports and i've had kids come to our camp who whose parents or they believe they're a soccer or a field hockey or basketball and they fall in love with something else <laughs> and realize that there's another sport mm-hmm. but more importantly what we found out and what studies are showing that you read ucla did one a few years ago is that you're finding out that these children who specialize at a young age you and I and most people listening here all know that the only kids who really make it to Division One elite athletes these are these are elite athletes. These are people yeah. who can who can get off the couch today and pick up a sport that they've never played before, and in three weeks they'll be better than everyone else in the field who's been playing it for three years. Mm-hmm. We all we all know those people, <laughs> and they're the we ones sure who make it to that level. Yes, we do. <laughs> Look at one in the mirror every morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's true. And we all know those people. They're couch athletes. They can get off and do anything at any time they want. They're the best. And so what happens is majority of the kids who specialize, eventually they're going to hit a point when they can't play anymore. That might happen in high school. It might happen in college. But they've spent their entire youth now on one sport. And all of a sudden they can't play. Their identity has been yanked out from under them along with their confidence. Mm -hmm. And now they, they, they get depressed. They don't know where to turn. They don't have their identity. They don't have that social group. And we talk about, you know, mental health with kids these days. And of course, you know, shout out to True Sport and, and everything they're doing to help kids with mental health and so forth. And so that is part of it. The, 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 the well-rounded athlete, the multi-sport kid comes is a healthy kid, both mentally and physically by doing some sports other than just a specialized sport, you not only help yourself mentally and give yourself a broad base of reference points and tools, but you develop physically in so many different ways. And you don't get the overuse injuries because your body's not just developing for a specific sport. So that's my big message to parents and to kids. Even if you just take you know, if your kid specializes, even if they take two or three weeks in the summer and just do a bunch of different sports, it's healthy. You yeah. got to give your kid a break from the intense pressure of specialization. Despite what, you know, happened to Tiger Woods, you know, or Mia Hamm or some of those others, you know, let's be real about our children, everybody. You know, <laughs> let's be fair to them, for goodness sake. For sure. Right? Let's yeah. be fair to them. Let's give them an opportunity to succeed in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. To touch on that briefly, I actually, I believe I found the research that you were, you mentioned um, from Dr. DeFiori from UCLA, who talks about uh, the, the, the specialization at a young age um, for athletes. And then, you know, of course, 
promote promotes uh, multi sports for overall health and well being. Uh, and he he does here, and we're gonna do a quick quote. In order to include, we'll include this in the show notes, obviously yeah. too. Uh, he warns external pressure on a child to train and compete in one sport at an early age may cause more harm than good. Socialized uh, social isolation, lack of independence, preferential treatment, abusive relationship, burnout, and injury are some of the potential negative effects. Not to say that's always the case, but it can be a common thread um, if you with one sport specialization. So the importance of playing a myriad, we love that word here, different sports uh, from an early age and then specializing later as the love grows uh, of sports. The importance around that multi-sport is really foundational and has that long-term overall health and well-being effect. And if you look at the athletes who have gone on, I think his study went on to look at athletes who end up in division one. They play multiple sports, play multiple sports, which gets back to the couch athlete. Those people are going to do it anyway. (laughs) It's so tough too. Cause Oh, do you have, do you have another stat? I do. 70% did not specialize in one sport until after the age of 12. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to link to this. I'd be be curious. I have two follow-up thoughts. One immediately on that one. I am. When was that done? 2018? Did you say 2013? I'd be curious to see. Yeah, if they were to redo that in 2023, how many, I don't know. I I would be curious to see that again, because I do think when we, you know, we're growing up, youth sports were definitely not at the level that they're at now in terms of demand. And it is always, you have to kind of come back to like parent, parents are doing it because they think it's what's best for their kid. Like they genuinely are like, my kid likes it. I want to continue. I want to give them everything. I want to make sure like if this is what they want, like I continue to nourish that and let it grow. But it is, it's stuff we need to make sure is known that might not actually be what's best for the kid is to sign up for more things or at least try things to your point for two weeks in the summertime is better than no weeks in the summertime. And sometimes we, I say we, myself and our our senior staff, again, sometimes we have to have an honest conversation with parents and they need to understand, you know, the reality of their child uh, as an athlete and what is in store for them and how best to give them the opportunity to succeed. You know, you got the people want to live vicariously through their kids and, you know, those types of mm-hmm. things. And and it's tough as a parent because they're getting pressure. They live in this very pressurized world with yeah. their parents. My kid's doing that. And my little girl's doing this. And my little boy's going to go do that. And all these things. And it's tough. It's tough. It's a tough world for a lot of them. They need help and they need places where they can, they can, everybody can kind of come back to the fundamentals. Do you have any advice for maybe organizations or coaches who are having conversations or feel like they need to have those conversations with their, you know, players, athletes, teams, uh, parents of those kids, like yep. how to have an honest conversation that is beneficial to that parent and the, and the child without it letting, you know, crossing any boundaries or getting to a place yeah. where it's not a good spot to be in. Do you have any advice yeah, yeah, or more undue pressure yeah. Yeah, or like experiences you've gone through where, yeah, I had a great conversation or, oh yeah, I have some learnings from that one. I think it all starts with the initial your initial meeting with parents, whether they're coming to your, they're bringing their child to your ice hockey team or to your basketball sure. team or to your camp. You have to set the expectation and the stage early on with the parent that yes, it's my job as director to make sure your child has a wonderful time and gets educated and all this, but it's also, it's also something we have to do together. Okay. 
And there are times when I'm going to say some things and we need to be honest with each other. So it starts with that conversation when I'm on the phone with someone or on a video like this or talking with them about them coming to camp. That conversation has to happen then. And I, and I think the only advice I give to coaches uh, out there is the same thing. You have to have that conversation with your parents before they, they, the kids get involved. And then the parents have to make a decision, you know, because the coaches yeah. the might be different. So whatever that is, but parents need to be aware of that. Coaches need to be aware of that. And they, and they are educators, the coaches. Uh, and they need to understand sometimes that they are, in fact, you know, we've got this whole role model thing that that we are as coaches, mentors, leaders of youth. We all got to do our part there. Yeah, love that. Expectation setting is so important. We've heard that from so many people. Yeah. Uh, and when it's I reflect on my experience as a coach, too, the seasons that I had really good interactions with parents, I think, were because of what you know the first meeting or the kickoff for the season or the communication that you have at the beginning really sets the tone for what to expect moving forward. So uh, I love that advice. And this translates then in, into life too. And the kids learn this, they can apply whatever career that yeah. expectation has to be set early on in whatever career, whatever job, whatever it is, it, it's got to be there on both sides or disappointment yeah. and failure take place. Yeah, definitely. Simon's going to love this, but I say it almost every time sport, it is a microcosm of life yes, and it is beautiful. There's far more that unites <laughs> us and separates us in the world of sport. Absolutely. There you go. The idea of camps and especially for parents, you know, bringing their kids to camps, I think something that can really be at the top of mind is cost. Um, and I think, can you talk to us about sort of the importance of, because this is such an amazing experience and obviously there's cost tied to it. If it could be free, I'm sure you'd do it for free, but yeah. can you talk a little bit about sort of the accessibility to camps and, and the importance around that? So camps as a whole, um, the camp industry, you know, the overnight camps in particular, like we are, um, they're not cheap. They're not, they're expensive. Camps have overhead. They get kitchens, they get dining hall, they got these huge facilities with everything they do, whether you're a sport camp or a camp for kids who want to be in the band or kids who are doing theater, it doesn't matter. There's these- Shout out to Simon. Little why Simon, did you look at, theater. Why'd you look at me when you said <laughs> theater camp? Yeah. Was it the everything about me? Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> So there's, there's huge overhead and expenses to all this. So yeah, it is expensive. You know, one of the things, you know, we're a, we're a nonprofit. We're a 501c3 uh, yeah. nonprofit organization. And so one of the things we do is we have a very generous group of alumni and friends of Susquehannock who help get money together so kids who otherwise couldn't afford to come to our camp can enjoy the benefits of camp. So while we still have a large chunk of our campers and parents who pay tuition. We have a, a large group of kids who also come either in full scholarships, partial scholarships, or in some sort of financial aid, and it's all need-based at our camp. So we are a place where anybody can go. And so that's something we work really hard on. And that also helps bring in a really neat cross-section of kids when yeah. they're coming from different, different socioeconomic backgrounds. You know, we have kids who come from about 15% of our population is international, which is really cool. These are great. Oh, wow. Great. Yeah, that's awesome. And then because we're in Pennsylvania, about 50 or 60% are from the Northeast. And when I say the Northeast, it's called, you know, Baltimore to up through into Massachusetts. Um, and then the balance are spread out. Your kids from Florida, Texas, California, or wherever. And, but you get all these kids together um, and also from different economic backgrounds. And it's, it, it's really neat. And we have kids who come who are from very rural areas. They don't see much concrete. And then we have kids come 
who have come from the inner city and they've never seen grass. <laughs> and There's so, trees everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So the, <laughs> oh, the insects. But you don't really, what really gets them is the quiet. The sheer quiet when they get up their shoulders. Yeah. So, yeah, it, 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 to bring it back around, yeah, camps aren't cheap. There are a lot of, there are a lot of camps that are affordable as well, though. And then there are some camps like ours that um, provide financial assistance so everyone can enjoy it. So, yeah, we pride ourselves on being able to do that. Just for you know our dear listeners out there, hi Becca and Joan. By the way, those are our moms. Could, are there are there things that we can include in the show notes? I know we'll obviously include the the site for Susquehannock. Is are there specific areas that, they, that if parents are so interested to keep an eye out for in terms of financial aid or even just signing their kid up? So I mean, if you if you want to sign up your child, you know our website is. You want to pronounce it or sign it for it? Susquehannock. Susquehannock.com. www.susquehannock.com. And then you We won't spell it because you obviously know how to spell it. I do. It's S-U-S-Q-U-E-H-A-N-O-C-K. There you go. And now I know because that's- He's never done that before. Yeah, never. That's awesome. Yeah, go on. Sorry, Jeff. I, I apologize. That's so they can go on there and they can hit the tab about parents. And there's a big thing that says dates and rates. And as the dates of our camp, as the rates of our camp, and then in there they will see a big thing in bold about financial assistance and financial aid, awesome those types of things. With my email and any parent out there is interested, just you can always just email me or call me directly, and I handle all that. I'll work with them to try to find a way for their their children or child or whoever to come to come to our camp. And of course, anyone out there wants to help this, we also have a donor tab. So please don't awesome. be embarrassed to donate any money to help kids enjoy this incredible experience. Yeah. Jeff, thank you for that. You know, I, uh, as we sort of put a bow on this and before we hop into the this or that section, which I, I know everyone has been waiting for, you know, is there any other like sort of parting thoughts, any other, anything that comes to mind? Like if somebody came to your camp and, you know, you know, they had a great time, but if you want to make sure there was one thing that they left with, like whether that's a quote or whether it's a lesson or anything, what's the one thing you want to make sure you impart them before they leave? I want the kids, and again, I use this a lot, I want them to become these confident, courageous, self-responsible kids who walk out into the world and see it as a huge opportunity, not as this huge negative world that's coming down on them. This world we live in is nothing but one big opportunity. And it's incredible what we have at our, at our fingertips and in front of us. And you've got to have that mental attitude in life. And I want these kids to realize that everywhere they go, every time they walk out their front door, it's an opportunity. Every time they get to shake somebody's hand, it's an opportunity. Every time they get to wake up in the morning, go out to school, it's an opportunity. There's nothing negative or bad about it. They just got to attack the world, and that's what I want them to walk away with. Oof, that I'm was ready great. To the world, let's go! Like, I'm, yeah. oh gosh, I'm ready to leave my front door. Let's Here we go. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised great. if some listeners turned off. I'm going to go for a run, like right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> that's you, awesome, Jeff. Jeff. Thanks so much for hopping in and being part of the show. And before yeah. you leave, it is time for this or that. Uh, so here we go. Very intense. Nine questions. Rapid fire pace. Rapid fire answers, <laughs> gut decisions, gut answers only. Okay, no okay. thinking. You ready? Oh boy. Okay. All right, here we go. Nachos or soup? Soup. GIF or JIF? How is it pronounced? JIF. Cups in the cupboard. Are you putting them away right side up 
or upside down? <laughs> upside down. We either play tetherball or foursquare. Foursquare. Kickball or dodgeball? Dodgeball. Mountain biking or adventure racing? Adventure racing. Skiing or snowshoeing? Skiing. <laughs> to watch college sports or pro sports? College sports. All right. Would you rather win an Olympic gold medal or a pro championship? Sport of your choosing. Oh, just right away. Olympic gold. gold. Olympic gold. Do you know this? Do you know you the sport it. you'd want to win an Olympic gold medal in? Whichever one they let me. What a lot. Don't take any. Uh, <laughs> All right. Awesome. You're done. That was it. Hard any questions are over. And to be expected that this confidence, this commander of confidence was like, I knew, I knew everything I do right there. Easy. <laughs> Jeff Bell, thank you so much for joining us. And thank we you. appreciate you. We're going to include so many show notes that people are going to be just mind blown and all the amazing things that are going to be available to them. Um, but thank you uh, for everything you're doing. Thank you for the, the Susquehanna camps. Uh, and yeah, thanks for having on the show. Yeah. Thanks, Marie. Thanks, Simon. That was great. Appreciate the opportunity and uh, I hope to see you guys soon. Always give that big shout out to the people at True Sport too. They're wonderful. Doing Absolutely. Something. Yeah, no kidding. True Sport. They connect, they're the connectors between all yeah. of us here. Yeah. So the great shout out True Sport. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Take care. You know what, dear listener? There are very few things I like in this world more than when I get to bundle and save. I bundle and save my car insurance, which many of you probably do as well because of a silly little gecko. But this is not about the gecko today, okay? This is about Sports Engine HQ and an all new bundling program that they are rolling out. So instead of just getting the awesome tools, services, features, functionality that you get in Sports Engine HQ, you can also bundle other services, other products that we offer. I'm talking background screenings through NCSI. I'm talking live streaming and on-demand video for your entire organization through Rapid Replay. Do you need apparel, uniforms? We got it. Bundle Squad Locker with your HQ subscription. We can even help manage and run your next tournament with Tourney Machine. You can bundle all of these, any of these, one of these, five of these, and you can earn up to 60% off your first year subscription to Sports Engine HQ. It's pretty simple. The more services you bundle, the more you save. Sports Engine HQ is the ultimate teammate to use sports clubs, admins, and volunteers, making it faster, making it easier to run all of your programs. So now when you bundle, you can get even more tools to do this, and they're all at a discount. It seems like a no-brainer to me. If you want to learn more information, visit sportsengine.com slash pricing and bundling to connect with an expert. We'll help you choose a Sports Engine HQ package and bundle services to save up to 60% on your first year subscription. Jeff Bell, what a guest, what a conversation. I really enjoyed talking about camp. There's something about summer camp uh, that just makes you kind of giddy and excited thinking back of if you had an experience at summer camp. I I personally never went to a ton of camps as a kid, but I know um, my friends did and they always had a really awesome time. And I know a few people who worked at summer camps and uh, Jeff's camp that he runs and puts on is second to none. Uh, he does a great job 
we've heard nothing but great things. So it was it was really awesome to hear from him and get his you know insider takes on what it means to him to be able to provide this type of camp to kids and the joy he gets to see on, on faces and conversations he gets to have with parents of uh, why multi-sport focuses is so important and so beneficial in so many ways. So I know I personally, if I could, you know, turn back, if I could turn back time. Okay. That's a good song. Uh, I would definitely uh, try to push my parents to sign me up for more summer camps. Uh, So if you're out there listening, thinking about if summer camp is a good option, there are those out there that don't have to be super intense don't have to be focused on one sport, can just provide a really awesome experience. So if you are interested in learning more about uh, Camp Jeff puts on, we've we've got that linked in the bio, but I'm sure there are are a number of other camps out there that can provide a a similar experience. Uh, So with that, it's been fun. It's been real. I know that we are all very much looking forward to, you know, having Simon back on while we get him with our guest interviews, blast from the past interviews, it's nice to have uh, you know his witty banter with me here, welcoming you and exiting uh, from each of these episodes. But uh, we've got one more episode in April uh, that you'll just get uh, get me rambling on and on. But uh, once we're back in May, Simon will be back full time, and we will have all the questions for him about his uh, his newfound fatherhood. So if you're uh, curious about how Simon's doing. Uh, send us your questions, send us your, you know, thoughtful remarks, your congratulations, perhaps to the new, uh, the new parents. And we'll make sure that he gets those, uh, while he is, while he is enjoying that. So with that, this has been another episode of for the love of sport brought to you by sports engine, the home of you sports. If you've got anything you'd like for us to cover, talk about guests that you think would be great on the show, or if you want to send your well wishes to Simon, um, please send those over to ftlospod at nbcuni. That's nbcuni.com. We would absolutely love to hear from you, dear listener. Um, and this show is brought to you by, of course, myself, Marie Fitzgerald, my co-host, Simon McKenzie. We've got a great marketing team working behind the scenes to help produce and promote uh, For the Love of Sports. That's Kelsey Irwin, uh, Joe Brzonic, and Billy Kepka. And our fantastic sound engineer, as always, is the one and only Troy Stone. Uh, we will be back in your earwaves very shortly for another episode. So stay tuned. Bye-bye.